Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a theater star you will see soon. He's moved from playing the fourth cricket to the lead in Buddy, the Buddy Holly story. We welcome Keaton Eckhoff. Hey, how's it going? Absolutely great, Keaton. Let's go beyond the mic. It's a long road from the Cincinnati wedding show to the lead of a national show. You've worked with Kings Island and Bush Gardens. Did you ever feel that you would get here? You know, I came from some wonderful parents who always encouraged me just to keep working. They both also were in the industry and they know how uh, fleeting and like harsh it is. Uh, so they always were just like, you know, Keaton, just keep working, keep making ends meet, keep making bills. You know what I mean? Um, and no, I, I had no idea. I, I, for certain, just this sort of really landed in my lap in, in God's timing. I was working with, uh, a friend as the fourth cricket understudying the buddy role. And, um, he told me, you know, uh, they're looking for a non-union performer for the national tour. Would you like to submit? And I was like, absolutely. And so I, I messaged Steve, who's our director and pr- uh, production um, executive producer. And he he messaged me back within a week saying, all right, you got it. And, and Noah, the guy who I was working with in that regional production of Buddy, uh, put in a good word for me. He was also the guy who told me about the tour and everything. And yeah, it, it really was serendipitous. It was really astounding. How did your parents help you develop your love of theater? Oh, from an early age. Um, I mean, I, I was singing from a really young age. Uh, they always knew that I could sing pretty well. Uh, but my mom actually owns a dance studio and a dance company and she runs that. And I took dance classes when I really started taking it seriously around 16 every day after school. Um, I've done lots of dancing shows too. This is not the only thing I do. Um, my, my dad also was a singer. So he, he showed me his voice teacher that he took from when he was a kid. So now we have two generations with the same voice teacher. Um, and we, we both have had such tremendous success with, uh, him. His name is Bill Seal. Um, and yeah, they, they really guided me along the way, just step by step and were there, were there for me and with me every step along the way. I mean, I could not have asked for more amazing, incredible, supportive parents for this industry. So I got to put your feet to the fire. What's your favorite musical and why? Mm, Okay. So great question. There's lots that come to mind, but I'd say my favorite is next to normal. Um, that was a show that me and my dad had went to go see what before I had gone to college for school. And we both, I'd never seen my dad cry in person. Um, and we both walked out of that theater in just tears. It is just so moving. The music is so rocking and current and modern and, and deep. Um, and it deals with a lot of issues that I feel like people are still struggling with today with, uh, bipolar disorders, um, anxiety disorders and uh yeah and and we actually uh, later i was able to perform that one of the roles in that show and it just was so full circle like after college after four years of extenuous intense training i actually was able to go and do it professionally and get paid for it it was just so full circle so that's, that's one of my favorites there's so many more but that's one of them talk about the road from regional theater to the lead of a national show how did working at Wagon Wheel Playhouse and Fireside Dinner Theater develop you 
for this role? Mm, great question. Um, so summer stock theater is intense. I mean, you are rehearsing a show in the morning and then uh, you're performing a different show at night. Um, I did Wagon Wheel for three years. So it really helped me to hone my craft and make strong, uh, committed choices uh, fast because you only have about two weeks of rehearsal time uh, before you're thrown into the show. So it's, it really keeps you on your toes. It keeps you working every day, day in, day, day out. Also, I mean, we were with Wagon Wheel. Uh, we were also part of the crew too. So we would help strike. Um, I learned a lot about the lighting elements. I learned a lot about the sound um, elements and how to how to maintain those and help strike those, put those up if they needed extra help. Um, if it was crunch time and they needed some extra hands. Um, but yeah, it really was just an amazing, amazing uh, playground and teaching place that that first theater that I was able to work out, which was Wagon Wheel. Um, and then Fireside was actually a taste of the good life. I mean, Fireside's an equity dinner theater. So they treat their actors very, very well. We only performed four days a week. Uh, but I still came at it with the same commitment, same sort of fire that I usually try and bring to everything. You know, my parents always told me, like, treat every job that you work as if it is Broadway. Bring every percent of professionalism uh, to it as you would if it were a Broadway role. Never be late. Always be off book. Um, and yeah, just, just come at it with a really, really strong approach and you can't go wrong. And I think that work ethic instilled in me from such a young age helped me, um, in getting this show because if Noah, if Noah, when the guy who was with me in my first production of Buddy, when I was the fourth cricket, if he hadn't seen the potential there, he wouldn't have given his recommendation to Steve. And I, I, I don't know if I would have gotten it. We're talking to Keaton Eckhoff lead for Buddy, the Buddy Holly story national tour how did those lessons helping the crew ground you you're probably willing to help your own ground crew now from your past work even more oh my gosh yeah no it is it is given me such a deep appreciation for our crew our crew works immensely hard i mean they load in a show if it's a one night they load in a show that day uh and then they load out that night and they drive through the night to get there early the next morning to the next venue to start setting up immediately again. It's, it's really incredible how hard those people work. Um, they, I feel like not everyone gives them the applause that they deserve, but every time that uh, I'm in the theater, I always try and remember that every time we're applauding, we're not just applauding for the people on stage, but for all of the behind the scenes elements, the costume designers, the, the dressers, the, um, the lighting designers, the lighting technicians, the backstage hands. I mean, there's just so much work that goes into the theater that, uh, really just brings, it's the most, um, universal art form in my opinion, where everyone comes together to make the most, um, like the best piece of art that they can, whether it's lighting, costumes, sound. Uh, if one of those elements is off, the whole story can get skewed, you know? So uh, it, it really is such a collaborative art form. And um, yeah, I try and always remind myself when I'm in the theater, I'm not just applauding for the actors. I'm applauding for everyone behind the stage and behind the scenes as well. From someone who was a performer on the Norwegian cruise lines, What's the life for a lead vocalist on the cruise? Is it like show, 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 show? As long as that ship is moving, you're singing. 
<laughs> that's actually a really, uh, that's, that's funny because I actually was on a very, very prestigious, uh, ship. It was the, uh, Regent. It was for a company called Regent. It's a seven star experience is what they claim. It was really, really ritzy, really, really nice. Um, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. We, we actually only performed our shows once per cruise. And because it was so ritzy, the cruise length was about probably like 20 days usually. So, um, we'd have 21 day cruises and only have to perform five shows in that time frame. Now, of course, there were other days where we would have to go sing a cabaret here on the deck and sing like a little disco set over here for uh, a party. Um, but, yeah, they they kept us busy. They kept us working. We also played lots of games with the uh, with the staff. That that experience really helped me um, with my communication skills. Actually, I feel like I was able to get out of my comfort zone and just start conversations with people and get to know who they are and talk with people in a, a way where I get to like accompany them and you know get to see their story and hear about them. It's it's a uh, that really pushed me outside my comfort zone because I am an extroverted person, but that really like took it to the next level. I feel like as you travel the country on this buddy Holly story tour, you make stops in Texas and Iowa Mm -hmm. where buddy Holly's story began and ended. What are the emotions you get as a performer when you're not only portraying a famous person, but playing to areas where buddy made an impact? You know, it is such a huge responsibility to do this, uh, to do this role in such wonderful areas, to be able to go to Lubbock and open at the Performing Arts Center, the first musical on that stage. I mean, I thank my blessings every day. Um, I, I work very, very hard, uh, to try and, you know, do him, do him service, do him credit. Uh, I actually went to Clear Lake, Iowa, uh, when I was doing my first production. It was about a four hour drive away from where we were. Um, and we went up for a day trip and, um, just immensely, immensely moved. I mean, they had just barely gotten off the ground before their plane come plane went crashing down. And, um, it just was so, so, so tragic. Um, but yeah, I, I am just so it's mostly gratitude. You know, I, I am so grateful to be able to share what we have worked on for now two years uh, to such wonderful areas who really appreciate and know Buddy Holly's story, the real story, not, not, I mean, our show captures some of it, but it's really not all of it, you know, and they, they really get to see and listen to the music that they grew up with. And it's just such a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I mean, it's, it's such gratitude and gratitude and, and service. It feels like, you know, both of those combined. Why have you fallen in love so much with the music? Is there a specific reason the music has touched you so? Well, Buddy, Buddy's a songwriter, um, and I, I'm a songwriter, and Buddy pushed the norm back in his days. I mean, he, there were he started off as a picker, but I mean, once once he started getting going with Elvis and everything, he really started pushing that form. And I think without him doing that, there would not be the Beatles. There would not be such other amazing artists. So. He um he was a, he was a renegade of his time. He had to really fight to push his music and to fight to push his bill. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's really what inspired me most is he also his broad range of sound. I mean, you have songs like "Words of Love," where it's just tender, beautiful, and uh, serene, and then you also have songs like you know "Ready Teddy," where it's just like in the heels rock like rockabilly like he was just going after it 
um, that's honestly my biggest inspiration is just how how broad of a range of musical styles he had in such a short time um, making his music, you know, and, and creating and crafting it to such a wonderful standard. We're talking to Keaton Eckhoff, lead for Buddy, the Buddy Holly Story National Tour. What makes music from this time so timeless? You know, honestly, I'm going to say the the specificity in the simplicity. His music is simple, but it's specific. There are so many little things that are in his songs that are little turnarounds or little licks or little uh, things that are just earworms. They're hooks. I mean, you hear the song like, every day it's again closer, and it's just, it sticks with you for the rest of the day. I mean, you cannot get that tune out of your head. He was a wonderful tunesmith. Um, and I mean, he started so young, so he just really had it around him too. I mean, his whole family was very musical. Um, he was playing violin, guitar, uh, piano, all at a very early age. So I think, I think it just started with him, uh, at a young age. So it just came to him naturally. I think the source was just sort of flowing and working through him. God was working through him. Um, however you see it. Now stars are very hard on judging their own performances. What do you think Buddy Holly would say about your performance? You know, I, I asked that question a lot. Uh, I, I think he would be happy. I think I really do. I really think he would be happy. I obviously, I wish it were him still performing these songs. Um, but I feel like I've done my due diligence of listening to these records over and over and over, listening to these songs over and over, imitating his styles, imitating his little isms, the hiccup that he has. Uh, to really try and match those core records that people know so well in and out. Um, I also, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself too. I've, I've been a perfectionist my entire life. I am getting better about that through, uh, you know, God's grace and just trying to be kind to myself. But I still have that grit and determination that if I, if something does go off or something goes, does go wrong, I go, I mark it down in my notes. I review it before the next show and we continue, you know, it's, I, it's a never ending evolution process and growth process that I just try and continue to keep, uh, sculpting the sculpture of this performance. Cause it's, it's just never ending. His, his music is truly, uh, truly a work of art. It's time for the Rocky Eighty random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. First record or CD you ever bought. Oh my gosh. Eiffel 65, uh, rec- it was a CD. And it had that song, uh, Blue. I'm blue. Da, da, dee, da, blue da. I love that song on the radio. When I heard that, I was like, Dad, <laughs> I need that. <laughs> I got that one. Before a show, what's your favorite warm-up or warm-up song? Mm, to warm up. Good question. So I do a lot of vocalese warming up, but song-wise, I always run through That'll Be The Day. I always run through Ready Teddy, and I always run through Ollie B. You're a lyricist. What do you struggle the most with when you're writing? Mm. I would say finding the line between making something personal and making something shareable. You know, like as a, as a writer, you want to write about your experiences, but you also want it to be relatable to the people who are listening to it. So they get something out of it too. N- making it not so about you, but something that, people can also look into and find truth in, in their own lives as well. I think that's the hardest part. What are your favorite three internet sites? Mm. 
Wow, that's a that's a great question. I uh, love Pick Up Music. It's a great, wonderful learning resource that I've been using a lot to learn a lot of licks, learn a lot of jazz theory uh, on guitar. Um, I'm also really addicted to right now uh, taking classes through this um, website called Musician on a Mission. I frequent that one every day. Um, and then I, you know, social media is just a part of this industry now. So that's, I'd say that's the most frequented. It's not my favorite by any means, but it's something that I do frequent daily. Now, as you travel, what's the thing that you do to get to sleep on the bus as you go from stop to stop? Oh, so that's great. I mean, we, we are treated so nicely on this tour. Uh, Steve, our producer and, uh, artistic director and director, he, he hooked us up. He gave us sleeper buses. So we actually get to sleep on the bus if we need to, um, get some extra rest before we get to the venue. Um, we also have wonderful hotels that we've been staying at, uh, across every every which way that we're going so they're they're really good about making sure that we feel comfortable on the road and uh making sure that we're rested up for each venue that we hit what's the biggest mistake you ever made on stage (laughs) oh that's a good question well there there's a time and this is hilarious because i one of my best friends in the audience and i uh you know i had to do a pirouette so i did a pirouette but i fell so hard on my knee that I thought I had shattered my knee and he saw me. Yeah. He saw me. He saw me fall. I didn't, I just bruised it very badly, but I could not stand up. So I had to crawl off stage. And as I'm crawling, I just hear him cackling. I will never forget that moment, but it was so funny. Oh, no. I- <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're saying I'm in pain and you're yeah, laughing at me. Literally, literally, I was, cr- I was like literally about to like fighting tears because it hurt so bad, but he was just cracking. I was like, this is a joke. <laughs> that show, yeah, that show is just like an ensemble member in the dance chorus. And yeah, it was just, it was funny as hell. We, we always laugh about it uh, <laughs> every time we talk about it. What drains your energy? You know, that's a really, really good question. I was not expecting that question. I mean, um, I can tell you what replenishes my energy. I like. I feel like life trial. Life just has trials and tribulations. There's things that thro- that are thrown into everyone's day that you don't expect, uh, that you have no control over. But definitely, what uh, replenishes that and what keeps me grounded and full is uh, my Bible and and God. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I frequent. Uh, I'm frequently looking up new pastors, frequently looking up new sermons, uh, just to find the truth in all of it, you know, I, and I, that's just sort of where I landed. I've gone from being an agnostic to an atheist, to a Buddhist, to all of it, but just landed back up at Christianity. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really what keeps me, I feel like sane and whole. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously social media is, it's, it's a great, wonderful tool but it can also be a huge addiction for people. And I just recognize that every day and try and uh, keep myself, you know, aware of my choices and the time that I'm spending on what. What's the one thing you miss when you're on the road? Family. 100% my family. I, uh, there are things that this lifestyle uh, makes you have to sacrifice. I mean, you don't get to see birthday parties of your beloved friends or brothers or like my brother's birthday is coming up in like five days. I won't be able to be with him and share that with him. Um, my, my cousin's getting married on the 30th. I won't be able to see that, but 
they know they know that this is just sort of where I am in my journey right now along this season of life. And they all support me 100 fold. It's just, you know, I, I still wish that I could be with them uh, physically to hug them, show them my love because they have given me so much along the way. It's time for the back half with Keaton Eckhoff behind the mic. Keaton, how old were you when you did the Trojan condom commercial? And what do you remember about it? <laughs> oh my god okay oh my gosh that's so funny i'm so happy you know about that because that is such a funny commercial i i got that from a a voice teacher he had recommended me to this little local local yokel thing in dayton ohio when i was in college and i show up and i'd read the script and i had my line sort of memorized i come in and you know, we had been taking an acting for the camera class and our teacher told us, you know, it's kosher to ask if there's anything that's not in the script. If you have questions about to ask it before you do your read. So I went and I was like, is there anything I need to know uh, about this before I go in and before I uh, sort of show you what I've been working on? He was like, yeah, you're going to be in a huge box that has gloves on. You're going to look like a box of condoms. Your face will be showing and you'll have like a little rubber tip on your head, but you will look like a box of condoms. (laughs) And that just sort of really informed my decision. But yeah, I was, I think I was like 21 or 22 when that happened. But man, I was like, wow. Okay. So we're really going there. We're really going to go with the meta of all this. Okay. So we, I just dove right in after that. But yeah, I was 21 probably when that happened. Where's your favorite place to eat where you're finally home? And what do you like to eat? Oh, I mean, grandma's cooking is definitely always an amazing thing. I look forward to every time I get home, but uh, as we're talking just local food in Cincinnati, there's nothing beats Skyline Chili. It's not chili at all, but it's Cincinnati's horrible version of it, but it's so good. It's just like cheese conies and, uh, uh, you know, three ways, if you know what a three way is, but yeah, it's, it's just been such a classic thing for me as I've grown up. I grew up in Cincinnati, so it's just one of the staples there. Do you remember the first performance where you actually got a check? Mm, so that was from Kings Island. I was 17 years old, um, and I was making great money for a 17-year-old and doing what I love. I mean, I was so grateful to have that gig. Um, yeah, loved it. Loved every second of that of those summers. It's one big question with Keaton Eckhoff beyond the mic. Keaton, what's the one dream that you want to accomplish before you turn 30 or 40? Hmm. You know, I'd love to get together some sort of cruise ship review show of my own volition to sell the cruise ships to work on, on the seas where I can sort of be my own boss, my own manager. Uh, that's, that's a huge dream of mine. And I, I, I'd also really like to, um, just get my music more heard by people. I, uh, I want to keep producing music and helping others produce music to, uh, share the gift. You know what I mean? Help people share the gift and, um, continue to share the love that is music. I mean, I think we all love music and it helps us through our days so much. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's such a wonderful, vast spread of music these days too. You really can find whatever you want to listen to so easily. Uh, but with that, comes you know more competition more all that um but yeah i i would say like physical things would be get a cruise ship show together uh be my own boss of that industry um and yeah I, that's that's a huge dream of mine also maybe get an rv so i can travel and do my own shows throughout the nation as well where can people find your music and you online 
so my my uh, artist name is Keaton Alexander. It's uh, K-E-A-T-O-N, Alexander, like any other Alexander. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, anywhere you can search for music. Social media trains him. He once was in a Trojan condoms commercial, and he loves his Skyline Chili. <laughs> From the national tour of Buddy, the Buddy Holly story, we thank Keaton Eckhoff for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much, Sean. Really appreciate your time. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. Beyond the Mic.